Is this not why you were here? Yes, Russell. Yes, we are bloody entertained. Welcome to the Midweek Kings of Anglia podcast and welcome to a show full of positivity and excitement and quite a lot of me getting all jumpy and full of hyperbole. Friends, I am Mark Heath. Welcome to this special show with my two fellow kings, Stuart, the Dr. Watson. How are you, my friend? Very well. And unmute yourself, Ross. There we go. The prospect, the beard, the prodigy, Ross Halls. How are you? Very well. Blue Army and all that. Blue Army and all that. Excellent. Um, <clears throat> friends, Ipswich Town won on Tuesday night. They made what we keep referring to as statement wins. This by far was the biggest statement of the season. They won at Wickham, a genuine top tier third, sorry, League One side, third place in the table. They hadn't lost at home since April back in the championship. They'd won eight straight league games and Town went in there. They went 1-0 down and then they tonked them, boys. We're going to dive deep into that right now. Stewie, you were as giddy as a schoolgirl at a One Direction contest post-match in your little video with you and Hutchie. Hutchie's not around today, but I must say, if you've not watched that video, go back and watch it because Hutchie is so taken with the result. He does a little pirouette mid-video, mid echoing McCauley Bond's excellent finish, Stewie. But what a result this was. I know I can clearly get way too excited and way too full of hyperbole. But this, my friend, is liftoff, isn't it? It's a big win. Absolutely, <clears throat> it's a big win. Um, if anyone ever thinks that we as journalists sort of revel in in the, the negativity and the doom of, of following a football club, watch those little videos after big wins. Watch the ones of me and Andy after Portsmouth and uh, Wickham. Look at our little faces. We love it. It's great. It makes everything so much better and easier and... Um, Still got a big smile on my face after Tuesday night. That was that was good. That's the great thing about sport in general, but football especially is the kind of the riding the crest of the waves, isn't it? And especially when we do it professionally as well. Clearly, fans is a different thing. You know, fans are, are kind of living it up and down with it. But for us as well, it makes it makes things so much nicer, so much easier, so much better when the type the the, uh, the team is successful, and that's that's what we want. That's mm. what we've been waiting for all this time. I'll get um, into the performance in a minute, but the, the yeah. people that I was most pleased for were those supporters. Mm. And it's, the phrase sort of the away that the fans are magnificent, brilliant fans gets chucked away around willy nilly. But those Ipswich fans, the loyalty, the, the numbers that they travel around the country, you know, geographically challenged here, stuck out in, in Suffolk, but the number so many of them will have been down to Plymouth at the weekend and back and, and been disappointed there. That's why they do it. That's why they get back at three in the morning and then go into work a few hours later. You're waiting for those nights that come along. And let's be honest, there's been so few of those nights over the last two, five, ten years or, or whatever. You know, that's we've waited a long time and then to get two like Portsmouth and Wickham to come in in quick succession that kind of makes up for I was just looking back at some of the away results this morning 0-0 at Shrewsbury 0-0 at Charlton 0-0 at Rochdale 0-0 at Wigan 0-0 at Oxford and that's before we get onto the defeats like the 3-0s at Northampton and Wimbledon last year with Accrington Sunderland Blackpool Rotherham it makes up, it almost helps you forget about those bad times because they'll have absolutely floated out of that stadium. That's what mm. it's all about. 
I mean, I said on Monday's show after the defeat at, at Plymouth that we didn't want to be like this on, on the show and we tried to stay positive on Monday. And we did that. And we did say no drama here. Uh, we don't get a lot right on this show, but we were right that it, it wasn't the time to kind of throw the baby out with the, the bathwater. Uh, and so they proved on Tuesday where they, they went and got the biggest result of the season. Roscoe, one of the highlights for me talking about reaction post game is always the game day video after a big win because there's so many smiles, um, so much excitement. Uh, amongst the, the guys that you talk to. You're obviously with the fans, as you are always uh, on uh, on match day. Um, a lot of people screaming down your camera lens on Tuesday night. What what was it like for you sitting pitch side watching it? Oh, bloody buzzing boy. You know, I've got to <laughs> say that. I've got to say that. It was a um, great atmosphere. It, was, it is getting cold now. So there's a lot of um, cold fans, but they don't, they don't care about the weather. They're caring about we won, saw four goals, a great performance. Um you know, disappointment from Saturday to then making another statement win. The Portsmouth game, it was a statement win, but this one was the proper statement win, I feel, because Wickham are a good team. They've done yeah. well. They were that's, unbeaten at home <laughs> this season. So That's yeah. the difference, isn't they it? They were 100% at home. They weren't just unbeaten. They'd won every game. So Not just this would... season either. Going back all the way back to the, the end of the championship season, they would Exactly. So uh, who would have thought we'd be sat here talking about this sort of that Portsmouth result being topped? a 4-0 away win at Fratton Park. And we're talking about that already having been topped. So um, a lot to like about this this performance. Um, a hell of a lot to like. So we've got to practice what we preach and we weren't getting too carried away by the defeat. And um, I guess we kind of fall in between that the, the management and the staff at the football club have to stay proper grounded. Fans can ride the roller coaster. That's hmm. that, that is their one up and down. We've got to try and stay somewhere in between, I guess. But um, that felt really significant. That to me felt like a potentially season-defining moment, given the um, given the little gap we've got for cup games now, given the fixtures we've got on the horizon. Just feels like it's starting to all, all come together quite nicely. Yeah, and Rossi, obviously you mentioned the Portsmouth win there, which um, was a great win, clearly. But when you put it into context, that a side that are struggling under under Cowley at the moment. Um, Wickham, however, as as just discussed, were very much flying and very much in form. Only lost twice in the league all season. I don't think they'd lost for a month in the league at all. <clears throat> um, and obviously that, that fortress Adams Park home record. Now gone in spectacular style to the might of Ipswich Town. Um, Stewie, in, in that post-match video, um, we've already talked about. You said the thing that, that made you happiest about this game was the character that Town showed and the fact they had to defend. And and they were put in situations where they failed in the past. Um, they went 1-0 down. Clearly, that, that's not great. Uh, and then even though they were, what was it, 3-1 up in the second half, they were having to kind of fend off a, a, a bombardment from, from Wickham. Uh, and they came through it. Not only did they come through it, they added another goal. Um, so is that your main kind of takeaway from this game? That that kind of character, the spine as well of this of this side, really starting to come to the fore. Yeah, definitely. Four goals is great. We're almost getting blasé about that, but we knew we knew mm. the we know the goal threat in this team. Um, it, this just answered a lot of the questions in terms of Ipswich. We haven't seen them sort of have to come from behind too often because they tend to be the team that takes the lead. So that, that was a big tick that they showed character to come from behind. Ipswich are vulnerable straight after they score. They weren't on, on this occasion. Ipswich are vulnerable straight after half time. 
it was a it was a little bit of a wobble after the restart, but that they were the one that got the goal. Ipswich don't necessarily kill off games when they're on top. They got the third. Physical challenges away from home. Ipswich have crumbled in the not so distant past. When you think about Cheltenham and Burton earlier in the season and Accrington, Wickham are cut from the same cloth, but they stood up to it this time. And that's not. I think they've got better in terms of physicality and game management in in recent weeks. Even though this ended 4-1, this never felt comfortable to me until those very, very latter stages. It was interesting that the away, a couple of times the away fans started those little chants of, um, I can't remember the sort of the mocking chants of uh, 1-0 up and you fucked Mm. it up, etc. And they petered out quite quickly because I don't think anyone felt fully confident that they could start taking the piss just until it was properly done and dusted because Wickham properly threw the kitchen sink at Ipswich in those latter stages. Big Eck and Fenwer came on and they defended really well. And that that was the that, that was the big thing for me. Have they got we know they've got ability, we know they've got goals, but can they tough it out? Can they get these gritty results that are going to be needed? And 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 that was the big one for me. Mm. Rossi, what did you make of the the side that Cook named? Because it was a very attacking side, wasn't it, with Selena Edwards, Burns, all in those kind of spots behind Bon. Um, and then obviously Coulson went off injured, which again was was not a good thing on, on, on the face of it. But then perhaps it turned out to be a good thing because Burgess come on and, and really gave them that extra kind of physicality and size, didn't he, at left back. So what did you make of the of the side, first of all, and then the, the individual performances? Who stood out for you? I liked it. I liked it. I thought that was a fantastic lineup. That is a lineup I would I would play most yeah. weeks, pretty much. Um, you know, good to see Selena start. Um, yeah, I think the standout, you know, Selena once again getting his two goals, Macaulay Bond's goal, my boy. Um, what a finish that was. Um, oh, can we just put that here? Let's just pause there because yeah. I, I, during a peek behind the curtain, I, I'm kind of doing the production stuff for, for print the next day. So I am writing the kind of key match moments for essentially from Stewie's tweets. Um, which is why Stewie, one of the many reasons why Stewie's so prolific during the game. I need him to be so I can <laughs> I can take things from it. And when he obviously puts a little description of that goal, and he and he's, he put a description little um, saved Bond gets the rebound, pirouettes, sticks it in the net, and you think, oh, that sounds you know it's obviously fairly close range, nice little standard goal. It wasn't until I watched the uh, the video with with you and Hutchie post game, Stewie and Hutchie did his little pirouette to to kind of show what what bon had done i thought bloody hell that looks a bit more complicated than it than it sounded and then i went and found the video and my goodness what a finish yes it's very close range but the body control the kind of cool head needed the calmness needed in that situation to do all of that and the athleticism as well a tremendous tremendous goal stewie yeah he's got ice in his veins hasn't he? he's got yeah that great knack of a striker being able to slow down time as we said before in some of these moments where adrenaline spikes McCauley seems to be able to just slow himself down and that to do that under pressure the touch the turn the finish that is a very hard skill to be able to do when the ball's in your blind spot for a lot of the time and um, Mm. really good goal for him I think he went two games without a goal wasn't going to go three. I have to say, it wasn't his best all-round game. He didn't really affect the game as much as he has done in others. He wasn't winning loads of headers, running the channels, doing various things. But he's a goal scorer, isn't he? And uh, he came up when uh, 
came up trumps when they needed it. That is true, by the way, Stu. You say, you know, he, he had time. That is true of any top-level athlete in any sport. They always seem to have more time than than anyone else around them. Um, so that's a great sign from McCauley. And, and Rossi, sorry, I cut you off in your prime there just to talk about Bond's goal. But what else, what else stood out for you on, on the night? Oh, do you know what? Sam Morsey, what yeah. a player. <clears throat> Unbelievable. I've probably not been that impressed by... A town skipper for a very long, long time, just dominant in that midfield. Um, I just there's a few moments where he could have scored one hell of a goal himself. He was doing a lot, a lot of dribbling, and he sort he got himself in the box, and I thought it's going to go all the way here. Sadly, he was stopped in his, in his element, but um, he has been one hell of a signing. George Emerson, the fridge, what a game from him as well. Probably one of definitely one of the man of the matches. Um, just he's just that big. Big man that we needed, that hairy ass defender that mm. we needed. But he's also a Rolls Royce as well. He does do the good stuff as well. So um, yeah, th- those are standout players for me. Can we also highlight um, a couple of other things, probably in the less flashy positions? But Kane Vincent Young for the third goal. How good was it to see him kind of tearing at a defender and then cutting it back to Wes Burns? Which, by the way, classic sporting cliche. I think that's that ball. If the net wasn't there, it'd still be going. That shot, fantastic. Stayed hit, didn't it, Stewie? Uh, and also Christian Walton, that save. Unbelievable. Again, that's another one that from, you know, obviously words on a page, words on a tweet doesn't really do it justice. It wasn't until I saw it. I think Hutchie tweeted the, the highlight and I thought, good Lord, what a save that is. Yeah, I think Paul Cook called it a world-class save in his yeah. post-match press conference. Um, reaction stopped to his right from a from a header at a corner and that came at a really crucial time. If, As I said before, Wickham really went back at Ipswich at 3-1 and I think if a goal had gone in, I don't know how that game would, would have finished, to be honest. Um, that would have changed the whole complexion of things. You cannot underestimate how big a role Christian Walton had in this game, not just for that save, but the way that he took the pressure off aerially. He came and really confidently commanded his area, plucked several balls out of the air for during those sort of aerial bombardments. Um, we praised Plagkey for his kind of response to that sticky start, but... I did say a few weeks ago, I thought Walton would get in and stay in and be an upgrade. And and that that is looking very much the case to me now. And uh, Ross, I completely agree with what Ross has said there in terms of Morsi was was the outstanding player in, an out, in what was an outstanding team performance. But I thought his drive, his commitment, his desire on and off the ball, he was excellent. Um, Edmondson as well, Toto, you've got to give him a mention. Um, and that is that we're now talking about the spine of the team there, haven't we? We've just name-checked Walton, the two centre-halves, Morsey, the captain in midfield, Bon up front, who's, who's delivering the goals. I think we all knew that Ipswich had the talent and the flair and the goals from those wide areas. Um, but by their very nature, those sort of attacking flair players have good days, off slightly off days, what you need is the consistency through that spine, that core of your team to be a really successful team. And mm. if Ipswich are now starting to build that backbone and the stuff around them, we know we know that that, was, that, that is going to deliver. So, um, yeah, c- cautiously optimistic. Uh, that, that has gone up another notch for me. Um, and right at the very start, are you not entertained? This is, this is just fun, as we said, like, after the Plymouth game, it's it, the anticipation of going and watching Ipswich now is is great, and I can't wait for it. We've got two cup games. Not last, you know, last year or last few years, we'd be going, oh, 
great couple of cup games now. Just get get them out of the way. Looking forward to those now. Don't care who plays, to be quite honest. We'll get onto that in a bit. Just looking forward to them. And then three really mouth-watering games in Oxford, Sunderland and, and Rotherham to come. So it's great. Hmm. That is kind of where we're at, isn't it? I think in, in terms of this whole kind of Ipswich Town general scenario. Obviously, at the start of the season, new owners, lots of money. We're making it rain up left, right and centre. 100 points, 100 goals. We're going to piss the league, all that sort of stuff. I mean, a lot of that was clearly tongue-in-cheek and excitement. But this this Ipswich Town t- side now is starting to come together, isn't it? It's not a side, at least so far, that looks like it's going to sweep the league aside. They're going to be ups, they're going to be downs. They are going to lose games because that's, I'm afraid, part of football and being in a very competitive league. But they are, as you say, Stewie, going to be always entertaining to watch. They've always got goals in them. And after getting a result like this, you you would say that they are clearly going to be contending for promotion. They're going to be at the right, the top end of the league where we want to see them. Yes, they may not be sitting top and, and clear by 15 points, but they're going to be up there, aren't they, Rossi? So I like to meet my mic just in case I'm playing with my mouse. Uh, not not anything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Childish. Um, but yeah, they, they should be. With a squad that we have, oh, I suppose, well, you know, we've got we've got to be up there. If we don't, then it's it is a failure. Um, you know, I've I wasn't getting too carried away after the Portsmouth game, wasn't getting too carried away with the Fleetwood game. Um, but now I just feel we we, we spoke about the spine of the team today and they're now clicking. They're now gelling, is what they people are saying. You know, they need time to gel. They've had time now, and they're they're showing what we can do. Yeah. Um, the next three games are massive. The ones you've name checked, um, but we we should be up there, and hopefully we are up there. We're cool with that, though, aren't we, Stu? In in terms of the, this is this clearly is a side, and you know, from here they might go and win thirty games in a row, but that would be a surprise. It's not a side that's going to sweep the league aside and march to promotion by sort of February time. But we're cool with that, aren't we? This is a competitive league. There's a lot of big t- big sides. We wanted entertainment. We wanted goals. And we wanted a, a side that can compete. Yeah, they've left themselves. They can't do that sweep away job now because of the start that they've had. But yeah. there was a debate I saw started. It kept sort of bubbling up after every little setback. Did they need to make the number of changes that they did in the summer? Was it too much? Have they given themselves too much to do now but if you look back at it now could you make a really strong argument for any of the players that left that you think that's a mistake wow james, james wilson may, maybe um aaron drynan i don't think there's a lot else <laughs> that anyone would really be you know there's no hills to die on here in terms of well if you'd have just kept three four of those players the transition might not have been as big and we might have had more points on the board by this point so it was always going to take time to come together I understand why everyone was so jittery during that start because as we keep saying there was no reference point for it just felt like here we go again and it's Ipswich but we're starting to see that evidence in front of our eyes now and um, could get really powerful if they can uh, build some build some momentum here Hmm. I would, I would just like to stress that I'd die on any hill with Aaron Drynan um, <laughs> with reference to that. Uh, but anyway, so d- before we move on to kind of general observations from around the game, uh, can you talk a little bit about the the Morsi effect? Rossi, Rossi touched on it earlier and what he brings to the side. Um, and clearly after that Bolton game, Paul Cook praised him uh, and said that that would never happen again with Morsi in the side. He'd bring 10 times the qualities, et cetera, et cetera. Now, obviously, um, 
he was he was bigging him up and and it, he was right to do so because at the time town were town were very low. Um, but Morsey has, has made a difference, hasn't he? Um, can you talk a little bit about what he brings to the side for those maybe who haven't seen every game and 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 how he's made that difference? Paul Cook knows him better than anyone else, and I think when he said that post the Bolton game, you know that will not happen again with Sam Morsey in the tight. Will be ten times better. That is a strong statement, and I think a few people sort of raised their eyebrows and thought. Crikey, you know, he's a good player. He's played in the championship, but that is heaping pressure on his shoulders. And he came in, didn't he? He played the West Ham game and you thought, he's okay. They lost in the in the 21s. And but he is he was outstanding in the Doncaster game. Well, there was a game where he got maybe caught on the ball and they gave a goal away. And there was a couple of games where I have to admit I was thinking given how much he'd said it was a really late move and I wasn't expecting to come here and I don't think he was gagging to make this move, if, if I'm honest. Um, he's, quite ha- he's, he's made that clear himself. He was quite happy to stay uh, at Middlesbrough and it all happened quite quite late in the day. Maybe it took him a couple of weeks to kind of get his head around the fact that he's here and he's. I thought he was a little bit complacent at, at times. In He would do part of the action you know, that goal that he gave away, it's almost like I've got my foot in here. And he didn't sort of follow through with that action. But I tell you what, he's got better and better. And he's just a real all-round midfielder. Not only does he go... We knew he was this sort of bite at your heels, win the ball back, real competitor, off the pitch, a leader of men, all of that sort of stuff. But it's on the ball. As Ross said earlier, his forward drive to have somebody. How long have we been crying out for a midfielder who drives the ball up the pitch and gets at people? There was a moment in the game where the ball was down the left-hand side and he popped up all over the place and he and he, he kept the ball on. And that was right in front of us in the press box. And I'm going, the ball's still on here. It's one mm. of those ones where there's about 20% of the ball still covering the line. He never gave up on it and he kept going and it's... um. That's infectious, that that desire and that work ethic. And uh, I watched him come off the pitch after that Cambridge game, the 2-2. Mick Mills on co-commentary, I heard him talking about it. He looked angry after that Cambridge game. And Mick Mills said, if that is looking at his body language, if that's how he's feeling now, Ipswich are going to be all right. They've got a good captain here. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty clear that since he's arrived, things things have improved. Mm. Uh, Rossi, unmute yourself. Um, a few other notes from Wickham before we, before we move on. Um, we had, before the game, before the show, you had a show of lights, which uh, you wanted to, to talk about a little bit. I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, I saw the video that, that Andy shared. And what was, the, what was the significance of said light show? Um, and clearly, you were massively impressed. Uh, I think the um, the announcer went, "Are you ready?" or something like that. Not and um, and then the lights stuck, went down, and they start like start flickering. I thought, "Oh, maybe they have got some floodlight issues here." Um, yeah. But uh, but no, it wasn't. It wasn't great. Um, but they've got they've got American owners, haven't they? So I'm sure they're wanting oh. a show to be put on. Um, but it didn't really last long, really, did it, Stu? I think it lasted about. 20 seconds and then it just actually wasn't involved so i thought they're going to involve it when they come out but they didn't it just it just happened i don't know 10 minutes before the game kicked off so it was yeah it was interesting but um i really like wickham though as a place it's um 
It's nice seeing it yet. <laughs> basically, do basically that for a second. Um, but you know, when it's when it is light, when it's a daytime game, you've got the forest in the background, nice, you know, scenic yeah. views, and it's it's nice. But um, yeah, it's uh, it wasn't good. The light show, um, yeah, not great. If you're having a light show, surely you need a company of music, and also you probably need some kind of other sizzle to add to the state. There was some to... music. It was a bit, I don't even know what it was. Soft rock, I think I described it as on Twitter. It was a bit like, um, was that, was that about Nickelback? Sort of oh, yeah. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, uh, they obviously, Gareth Ainsworth has, has been dubbed Wild Thing with his long hair, and their playlist yeah. kind of reflected that, but it was a bit, bit middle of the road. They didn't play you know. bloody uh, Rockstar, did they? That was a Nickelback song that was like around forever, wasn't it? You couldn't go anywhere without hearing it. But that's, a, that's one kind of mild mild uh, victory then. Uh, and the other thing, Rossi, which I never thought I'd ever be asking you about um, post any football match, is um, we saw Wes Burns twerking. <laughs> uh, obviously, you send on these these celebration videos and we share them, by the way. We won't be doing that anymore, shadowy AFL figures, uh, if you're listening. We won't be doing that again. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Wes, Burns, Wes Burns was twerking at the fans after an Ipswich Town goal. What did you make of that? I uh, wasn't expecting that. I always, you know, <laughs> when, when they score... Um, yeah, well, he's he's the rock star. Gareth Ainsworth, move along. Ah. Wes Burns is the proper uh, rock star with all that hair and stuff. But no, I wasn't expecting that. I always expect the players to do something together. You know, they I know Janoy and Wes Burn, they got their handshake. Yeah. Um, but then when that came out, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but apparently there is a story behind that, but I don't know the proper story. But apparently we'll call it Bond dead, Wes Burns to do or something. I don't know. Yeah. And Andy spoke to him afterwards. Um apparently, all we know is that one of Macaulay's Bond friends did it in a game. And then there was a discussion that they should also do it. I don't know what level of football Macaulay Bond's friend is, who they are, but then it became the conversation between Bond and Burns. If one of us scores, we should do it as well. Bond apparently forgot. Oh, yeah, and, I forgot. And then, yeah. and then Burns did it. So, um, yeah, sorry, sorry Red, like, I forgot. Yeah. Where, you better <laughs> yeah, yeah, you better do it. <laughs> There's a few people taking the piss out of the Wickham goal celebration where they all ran off and sort of drove pretend cars um, around the corner flag, but I don't think we're in any position to, uh, to um, take the mickey it, out of that. Was it, was it David Wheeler who Wheeler, scored? Yeah. He's got Wheeler. Yeah, Wheeler. At the no, Wheeler, that, okay. Oh, yeah. Just as an aside, boys, what's your favourite goal celebration that you, you've seen that stands out? Oh, the, the swan dive, Shefki, yeah. obviously. I I'm amazed he never injured himself doing that because if you ever do that, go into your back garden now, jump five <laughs> feet in the air and land on your chest. That's that's going to hurt, boys. Um, Stewie, I know, I already feel that I know your favourite goal celebration, or at least one of them is going to be the Alan Shearer, the, the classic hand, <laughs> hand in the air. Um, surprise me. What else What else did you enjoy? Oh, I'll tell you what you're going to say. The boy Cahill, aren't you? Punching the uh, the corner flag. Yeah, the corner flag. Yeah, I, th I like it when they become sort of that player's thing. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's as easy to take the mick out of them, but that is, as a kid, that is what captures your imagination. Anything that you can go and replicate down the park or in the playground is is great, isn't it? It's the ones that get a little bit sort of over-elaborate. Mm. Um but you can't beat a backflip, can you? Peter Beagry back in the back in the day was was one that sort of caught the imagination. Then on to people like Luwalawas. Um Didn't Beagry hurt himself doing that? Did he not? Have I made that up? Did he not hurt his shoulder or something doing that? 
quite possibly. I remember it was mm. Tony Adams. Didn't he jump on the top of someone and fall on his shoulder at some point? There That's is right. there's a long history of people getting injured yeah. in goal celebrations. I like uh, an off the cuff, quite angry celebration. Yes, Ket Spire is the classic of the genre. Um, just kicking the shit out of an advertising board. Yeah, trying to rip his boot off, just going yeah. going <clears throat> crazy. Someone in the Euros sort of did that as well, didn't they? Was that um, was that on Altovich or someone like that? I can't remember. Mm. But could you do that now? I, I know at Wickham they had those fancy kind of boards with the uh, the what's it digital advertising going around the pitch. If you, I suppose, if you put your boot through one of them, you're probably going to get quite a big bill, aren't you? I I would say the opposite. I would say if I was ad, an advertiser. That's great publicity. Good You're getting that all getting that all over the highlights, all over yeah. the pictures. There you go. Maybe we should sponsor somewhere at Portman Road, Kings of Anglia, East Anglian Daddy Times. And then you could use your connections, Rossi, to get Macaulay Bond to punch shit out of it when he scores. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plan. I I remember I can't remember the player's name. I'm gonna I may be getting this totally wrong, but way back in the day, we're talking kind of mid early two thousands. I think his name was was it Baz Savage? Something like that. Who did the? Do you remember he actually did a moonwalk celebration in football boots? It was play for Tranmere. So, yeah, I can't remember. I just remember the various clips of it that I used to see. And a anyone who can moonwalk is all right in my book. And b if you can do it in football boots, good lord, that's impressive because studs generally won't help you with the uh, the motion needed to moonwalk. Um, so there you go. I think it. Yeah. Can I also say? Can I also chuck in the one that sort of a celebration that is in response to like a news story around the time? So Wayne Rooney doing the the boxing, yeah. Well, after he sort of footage of him pretending to boxing with his mates, he, he did that, didn't he? Fall into the ground. Um, Craig Bellamy getting his pretend golf club out after the uh, off field incident, yeah. Um, stuff like that. Klinsman, obviously, the the Klinsman dive came after the. Sort of a lot of talk about him diving, didn't it? Stuff like that. I, that I like those. Yeah, as long as they hit the kind of right right note. I mean, clearly, yeah, Robbie, Robbie, Robbie Fowler, Fowler. Not so much. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Ah. Oh. Uh, anyway, boys. Anything else to mention from Wickham uh, before we move on to different matters? Anything else, Stewie, that you want uh, to highlight? But we mentioned Burgess very quickly. I yep. thought <clears throat> you, you think you used the phrase "blessing in disguise." It was first and foremost. Obviously not good to see Coulson go off injured. He's only just got back in the team. That was a hefty old collision. I'm not sure who it was with, but it was a big 50-50. I'm surprised they waited as long to take him off. That was before the first goal went in, and I think they waited seven, eight minutes. And a couple of times, I think they even put the board up at one point, and he said, no, I'll carry on. I think they were mindful of the fact that they didn't have many defenders on the bench, and Kane Vincent Young probably wasn't going to make the, the 90, which he ultimately didn't. But... Burgess came on and was really good. He was another one that we talked about him having had a, a few dodgy matches and he came out the team and that will have done him the world of confidence, that um, that performance, because defensively he added that physicality that they needed. But I thought going forwards, he really surprised me, actually. He was, um, he was pretty decent. He got forward. He got some dangerous low crosses into the box as well. So um, just highlights the, uh, the strength in depth that this squad has got, that people are, are ready when called upon. Mm. And we'll obviously come on to selection questions ahead of the next two games in due course. Rossi, anything else you want to mention from Wickham before you move on? Can I quickly go back to the Baz Savage moonwalk celebration? I actually have found the video. So ah! if you're watching on video, we can you're watch in, it. You're in for a treat. Here we go. 
look at that in that, studs that's impressive is it not and it's a proper it's a proper moonwalk as well it's not just dragging your feet backwards it's getting the full lift and rise and fall of the foot fantastic from baz um i don't know where he is now or what he's doing but um baz for me you'll always have a place in the in the pantheon of great football goal celebrations um something else we should always have a, a place in the, the pantheon of great football things rossi is tractor girls talk um uh, obviously, it's something you you started with Katie Sandals to celebrate the extreme success of Ipswich Town women. And we talk about Ipswich Town winning 4-1 away. That's a bad result for Ipswich Town women. Um, <laughs> if they don't hit five or six without reply, it's, it's a bad day at the office. But um, Katie Sandals has, has now left. She's she's on to Pastures New and wish her the best of luck. You're saying you don't care. That's fair enough. Um, obviously, <laughs> next, next woman up in this case. Um, and you've secured quite the signing, my friend. Again, working the contacts. Um, tell us a little bit about your new edition uh, and and a bit more about the show. Yeah, um, I was given a bit of a better budget this time. Um, <laughs> Katie was a Katie was a free agent signing, but I had to get the checkbook out. And um, yeah, the skipper, British <clears throat> Town Women skipper, Blue Wilson, is my new co-host. Um, unfortunately, uh, I think she'd rather be playing than doing the podcast. But unfortunately, she's done at ACL, um, so she's going to have to have surgery and she's got a long recovery but um, I thought she was going to be the perfect person to join me she'll be at most games um, an opportunity for her to just talk about the team um, and yeah she spoke really well on the first episode we, we spoke about the Plymouth win um, mm -hmm. and we spoke about the ins and outs and the behind the scenes sort of stuff talk about her injury talking about her signing a pro deal this this you know this summer um, her of course getting the captaincy um, but no really good signing I'm happy and there's a huge game this weekend, isn't there, for the Ooh. for the women? You want to talk about that? It's it is the only team that can potentially live with them, isn't it? Yeah, so Southampton at the Gold Star, but it's a cup game. It's the Fornal Cup, basically the League Cup um, right. for us. Um, so it is not a league fixture, but it's still an opportunity to play the team who we are our foes, our mm. rivals, and you can say so. Um, it's going to be a big game, and hopefully a bit a big crowd, and yeah, we'll find out how we'll, how we'll get on. Interesting. So it's a chance to put down a real marker, win the the kind of first mental battle, perhaps, yeah. in in winning that game. Um, so follow that. You'll be there, I assume, on, on Sunday, Rossi, yeah. and we'll we'll have a report and pictures and such. Um, in terms of the name Blue Wilson, by the way, she was obviously born to play for Ipswich Town at some point. Yeah. Um, can you think of any other names that you've encountered in your career, boys, that uh, have kind of led, have, have been perfect for someone's profession i remember when i was a young pup journalist back in the day in Bury St edmunds <clears throat> i once did a classic story about an old boy who went to mcdonald's every day for his uh his lunch and dinner and he'd been there every day for 20 years or something um so we went and did a story classic local newspaper uh, and i remember the manager of, of mcdonald's in Bury was called dave cheese which uh seemed to work quite well um any that you can think of i'm putting you on the spot here but uh um Recent reference, wasn't there a guy that was reporting on the fuel crisis called Phil McCann? That's right. <laughs> um, which was ideal. <laughs> there's also, it's not really relevant to the uh, the profession or indeed what he, do, what he does for a living, but there's a guy who works for PA whose name always makes me giggle because I'm a child, um, Nick Machita. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I know why it makes me laugh. He used to be the Wolves reporter, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, first time I ever... I ever came across him and had to put some of his copy in. I was like, is this a, is this a joke? Is this, it can't be his name. What actually? Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, I'll put it in. He gets a byline, Nick Mashita. Um, Boys, let's move on from silly names and perhaps suitable names to the names that are going to be on the team sheet 
this weekend. You like that, boys? I'm on fire today. Um, for the FA Cup, because there's a big debate going on. Ipswich Town have finally got some momentum. They've had a terrible start to the season. They've just gone and secured the biggest win of the season, without doubt. The team is firing. It's a well-oiled, aggressive, goal-scoring machine. And now they have an FA Cup game this weekend. Oldham come into town. Um, and we all know what's likely to happen. The team will change completely. And, you know, going on past history, town will either fail to win, get knocked out, or will have a, a replay in very underwhelming circumstances against Oldham. <clears throat> yes, Ross, you're correct to be shaking your head. Um, but I've written a piece this morning just because I feel passionately that I don't want that to happen. I think this is an opportunity for town to stick with the winning side. Maybe, I mean, clearly there may be a, a few changes needed, but stick with the, the backbone, the core of that side that's just tonked Wickham um, and hopefully get another big result and carry that momentum on. And who knows, you know, win an FA Cup game. We may even have a, a cup run off the back of it. I've had a lot of people kind of saying I, they agree with me. A lot of people conversely saying, nah, we need to we need to rest players, we need to play some of the fringe players, which I can see the argument for. But for me, just bringing in a, a bunch of kind of players just because they need to play isn't building a side. The team is what you need. The team playing together, um, for me, is what I think they should stick with. Clearly, the, you know, the, the pizza platter game on Tuesday is a total different kettle of fish. But where, where would you stand on this, Stewie? Um, I mean, there are going to be changes, clearly. I'm not naive enough to think that he's, he's going to stick with the winning side. But where do you stand with this selection debate and the FA Cup game as a whole, really? Uh, probably somewhere in the middle. I think the fact that there is the trophy game on Tuesday changes things a little bit as well. So I think he'll go stronger on Saturday. Paul Cook's made it clear that the FA Cup's kind of very much second and quite high in his priorities. I think he's had decent cup runs before at his former clubs with Chesterfield and, and Wigan. Um, had they not won on Tuesday night, had they lost there and it had been back-to-back defeats, then I think I'd have that would have changed my thinking and I think I'd have gone sort of stronger, if you like. Mm. Um, but I looked through that team and I think they've had a long trip to Plymouth on Saturday. I think they'll have had physically Tuesday night would have taken a lot out of them with the style of Wickham. I'm sure there's quite a few bumps and bruises from, from that game. And I looked through that team and I think Kane Vincent Young, ultimately I don't, we don't know the, the full extent of where some of these players are at injury-wise. But Kane Vincent-Young, yes, did very well. Couldn't last 90 minutes. Is a second game in a week the best thing for him at the moment? Or, do you know, is it is it wise to keep him wrapped up in, in cotton wool? Give him a couple of extra days and then maybe play him on the Tuesday? I don't know. Obviously, you've got to make a change at left-back because of the Coulson injury. Um, Wes Burns has been managing nagging Achilles problems. Is it worth risking him again? Kyle Edwards has had a little tear in his groin recently. Is it worth risking him? Macaulay Bond has played a lot of games and by his very nature is, is getting bumps and knocks and bruises. The big thing is when Ipswich play a reserve team now, it ain't a reserve team, is it? Let's be honest. Look at some of these players that would come in. Wolfenden, Burgess, Harper, Aluko, Chaplin. Fraser, Piggott, it's just replacing first-team players with first-team players, isn't it? But I think I think there is a balance to be had there. If, if there was players to keep, it would be through that spine. I'd be going with Walton again on Saturday, 100%. I think he's someone that just goalkeepers can go again, need to get some games into him. And then you could make an argument for 
and Edmondson and Morsi to go again and allow the others hmm. to kind of uh, mold, mold around them, possibly. Selena again, if Chaplin's had these little back spasms, maybe give him a few more days to, to get 100% and, and ride the hot hand of of Selena, possibly. But um, I think there'll be at least five or six changes minimum. Hmm. I mean, obviously, I can see the argument for, for making changes. And, and you say that the, the players they have as backups, if you like, are incredible in terms of talent but just because they're good players doesn't mean that the team is good and for me that's what i'm talking about that they've found this winning formula they've just tonked wickham for one away that side it played as a team and got a big result and now to just chuck them all out uh, and kind of not build on that momentum just because you've got a few good players who need to play yes they're good players but it doesn't mean that that's going to make a good team um so that's that's my concern rossi where do you stand with this because one of the things i've got to do today before I go off on my holidays, I'm not around next week, is try and predict the likely lineups for Ipswich Town v Oldham at the weekend for our um, match preview supplement. And we were talking beforehand how difficult that's going to be. So where do you stand on this? Would you like to see a lot of changes? Not very many? None at all? What, what do you reckon? Just like Stu said, really, that our reserve team isn't our reserve team anymore. It is actually a team that I wouldn't I wouldn't mind playing in, in the league mm. fixture, but I oh, know I wouldn't do wholesale challenges, maybe four or three. But the good thing is, like Chaplin, he didn't mm. play on Tuesday night, so he's a fresh player. Aluko came on for the final minute, um, so he could start. Um, I'll probably start Joe Pickett up front, give him some game time. I know Macaulay Bond's on far and all that, but I think it's you know, he, he can come off the bench if needed again on Saturday. Um, do you know what? I know we spoke about um, before we came on air. About KVY, I actually start KVY. You know mm. what? Why not? I know he, you know, his first game for a while on Tuesday night, but you know he won't be playing on Tuesday, so I'd actually start KVY. Um, and there's not many other changes. Maybe put Alaki, whatever his name is, in goal um, for Walton. And I think I'll start Morsey. He's a skipper. He's going to lead by example. Yeah. He want to win this FA Cup game? I'll start him. And then maybe yeah, maybe start Raheem Harper possibly. Give you know players who are coming off the bench. Maybe start them and. Yeah, maybe rest the players like Wes Burns and Edwards have got little niggles, um, but not too many changes for me. It's a chance to last... keep... Sorry, Cam. Come on. Sorry, Mark. I was just saying the last few games are a reminder that you never know when you're going to need to call on on somebody. Suddenly, Wolfenden had to come in from, from the cold to play at right back at, at Plymouth. Um, you, you know, you, you're only ever an illness bug or a few injuries away from suddenly needing people. And I think keeping people physically and mentally sharp in the, in these sort of games um that can't be underestimated as well it's not just this isn't just a charity affair of just you know giving people minutes just to so that they're not just to keep them happy i think that you know that there's a reason why you'd, you'd be doing it hmm. is there not an argument though in terms of partnerships and, and keeping partnerships together you mentioned Edmondson and Nciala, for example that's kind of a burgeoning backline partnership there the Morsey and Evans thing in midfield is, is clearly working and clicking um and I know I know it's only the FA Cup which annoys me saying that by the way um only the FA Cup because why can't town with this squad they've got go on a bit of a cup run this season but for me as I say the, the argument is that you you stick with with what's working and keep building on it you don't change things for my worry is They'll, they'll change a lot on Saturday and fair enough, the players who come in are going to be good players and it's going to be a team more than capable of beating Oldham. But say they they get a draw or, God forbid, they lose to Oldham. 
And then again on Tuesday, you know, I'm not naive enough to think there'll be any kind of first team solid nailed on first team players involved on Tuesday, really. Um, but say they lose on Tuesday, for example, and then they go into a game a week on Saturday against Oxford, a side who are top six, another one of the top sides in League One, and they've they've lost or they've the last two games games have been underwhelming. The side that that, that beat Wickham haven't played together since, and then you're in a situation where they're kind of starting from cold again. That's my concern. That's why I'd like to see him stick with the winning side. But I am, as I say, I'm not really naive enough to to think that he, that he will. Stewie, what about the FA Cup as a whole? Because for, for seasons, Ipswich Town have just thrown the FA Cup out the window, kicked it into touch, don't care about that. And to be fair, it's, you know, that's the attitude of a lot of teams these days. But Ipswich Town, if you, as I said, I think on Monday's point, if you take the full 92 league teams put them all in order of their FA Cup results over the last 19 FA Cup games. Ipswich Town are rock bottom of that, which is stark. There's no reason, isn't there, why Town can't have a little cup run this season with that squad? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the attitude towards the Cups and the failure to, to win in Cups has, has been a significant factor in that kind of growing apathy that kind of reached its zenith before the, the takeover, no doubt about it, because you, you can meander along in a league and a, and a cup run can make a season, an, an otherwise forgettable season, quite memorable. And Ipswich have never really given themselves a chance to do that. But I think that kind of 10-11 changes in the cup thing is a little bit different this time around because of that, that strength in depth. But um, absolutely no reason why they can't go on a run. Oldham... Without being disrespectful, I know it will be a big occasion for them. They'll they'll get a rise out of coming to Portman Road, nothing to lose, etc. But they're twenty second in in League Two. Um, they're scoring less than a goal a game. I think they're ravaged by injuries and illness at the moment. I think, regardless of what Paul Cook does with his team, this is this is a game Ipswich can and, and will win. And then from there. Who knows who you get in the draw and then you're one, one game away from the third round. And um, it'd be interesting then to see if they were to get a championship team. You know, how, how would they fare? That would give us a little idea of where, where they're at in terms of some higher level opposition or even maybe even Norwich City, as, uh, as, as Paul Cook says. Or just a really nice big away day occasion for Ipswich fans who would travel in their numbers to an old Trafford or the new Tottenham stadium or, or wherever, you know? Um, so yeah, I know everyone sort of says the FA cup has lost all of its, its magic. And, and a lot of that has seeped away because of the kickoff times, because of the semi-finals at Wembley, um, because of finishing in the champions league spot is bigger than that. Um, but it's, it still has to hold something, doesn't it? The FA cup. Hmm. I would love, by the way, you say, obviously, Cook has already said he'd like to play Norwich in the third round, but that would be a, a genuinely interesting game, wouldn't it? If Town have got their tails up, Norwich are a rank bad Premier League side, perhaps going to end up being the worst Premier League side of all time. Um, can they? Surely they, they've got to get more points than 11 from uh, Derby County all those years ago. That was a, a terrible side. Kenny Miller leading scorer with four goals in the whole season. Um, so who knows? Hopefully, hopefully. It's set up Norwich- Road. I yeah, I mean, I've but got no doubt about a, it. That would that be would... a genuinely interesting game, wouldn't it? So you've got a Premier League side who are not really a Premier League side against a League One side who, in theory, have their tails up and have a, a squad that's probably more Championship level. 
what a narrative that would be going into a, the first derby game for a while. Um, Rossi, FA Cup-wise, me and Stewie have a slightly different era to you, um, slightly more experienced, shall we say. Um, and the FA Cup, when I was growing up, was massive. The FA Cup final day, all the programming around it, following the team to the hot- from the hotel to the, the Wembley and... It was huge. It was it was pretty much the biggest game of the season. Do you have that same kind of fondness or, or kind of memories of the FA Cup? Uh, not in the last decade. I've still got a lot of scars. I'm still sure, Stu, Andy, mm-hmm. yourself, have got scars from Accrington, Lincoln, um, a lot of replays, the Preston replay, Joe Garner score on that but hat-trick. What I mean is the competition yeah. as a whole. Like, Yeah, I, like, I love team. it. I when when I was Cup. a kid, my team yeah. was never in never in the final, clearly. But yeah. the final was always a big thing. Getting to the FA Cup final was massive. Um, and it, it doesn't seem like it is anymore. That competition is kind of now, like as I said, a bit of a throwaway. But for someone who's a bit younger than us, that still it still means something to you, does it? Yeah, I think so. I I love the the lower you know lower league ties. I like the I like the qualifying round sometimes. Seeing those sort of teams and the you know the first round draws. Looking forward to that. Seeing the teams in there, you know, Subbury. That was yeah. the one that everyone wanted. And then Colchester got them. So that's going to be a massive game on Friday. Um, but no, I do look forward to the FA Cup. I think it's a nice little break from the league action. And then, yeah, when you see the, the giant killings, doesn't happen as much nowadays. But um, when it does happen, it's just fantastic. And yeah, as you said, the Wembley semi-final, then the final itself, sometimes it's a bit of a, oh, here we go again. But Leicester won out last year. That was fantastic. Hmm. I'll tell yeah. you what, though, this, this season, it can change your perspective at the end of the season if Ipswich do half decent in either of these cup competitions now if they get to the final of the Papa Johns and if they were to to win that for example and they had a half decent FA Cup run with some memorable moments in there and ultimately fell just short in this this promotion push say they got to the playoffs and, and didn't quite win them in there that, those cup moments would take the edge off of that and I think it would make it feel that bit more acceptable and everyone would go away into the summer going, yeah, we we enjoyed it. It was entertaining. It was getting better. We're excited for next season. But I think the cups can almost just, just tip your emotions one way or another. And I think in recent years, the kind of, that was another nail in the coffin of the this disillusionment. So, um, yeah, the, with the depth of the squad that we've discussed, there's no reason why they can't well they can't manage to uh, to produce a few wins here and there in both competitions. Is it a bit of a pain, Stewie, that they have now to play these cup games? I mean, clearly you are an omnipotent, all powerful being anyway. But if you had the power just to go that knock those games off, let's just get on with the league. Is that what you'd do? No, because at the for the first time in a while, I'm I'm intri- intrigued by these games because we've just ruled, you know run through the players that could come in to this this team. Um, can they go on Saturday? In my my thought process isn't oh, oh is it going to be a replay up at the freezing cold Boundary Park and you know I'm thinking could they put a few goals past Oldham on on Saturday? That's quite, who's going to step up and because these players I think before if you got put into a cup team. Ipswich Town before that almost felt like a punishment. Yeah, I think some of those players were like, "Oh, okay." Whereas now, I think these players are all going to be gagging to have to perform in every game because you know, even Selena has just scored twice at the weekend. If he goes again, I've got to keep performing because Connor Chaplin was scoring goals before, and and that's the same across the whole pitch. So I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be up for these two games regardless who plays. So. 
in some ways, it's quite a nice little break. We're a third of the way of the season in. Um, yeah, just a, just a little break, a little calm before the storm of these these three league, league big league games coming up. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. It'd be interesting to know, as an aside on the, on this cup thing, how important these games are seen in in the structure of um, rewards at the club. Because I know clearly, obviously, players are on win bonuses, aren't they? Generally, and we know um, a few years back now that win bonuses for FA Cup games were ridiculously low compared to league games. Um, and I know it's not all about money, but clearly, if there's a bit more of a pot of money to play for in these games, uh, I just wonder. It would be interesting. There's no way, obviously, well, for, for the players. You mean, not yeah, exactly. Contracts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that will be part of their consideration at all in terms of how they how they want to play and how they want to win. I think at the moment it's about Getting the shirt is is the thing that they'll care about the most. Um, I know it's not about money. I, I just mean from from the the club's kind of perspective. Obviously, they, yeah. they, build, they build these these bonuses in. Don't uh, we we know where it is in terms of you know it's the priority this season is league, 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 yeah. and league, and then maybe the FA Cup slots in there, and then then you go further further down for the trophy. But I mean, even for Oldham, who are battling relegation, stay in the football league. They, they FA Cup's not. Not a concern mm. to them for sure. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of team they play. I don't think they've got with the injuries they've got. I don't think they'll be able to make loads of changes themselves by the by the looks of things. So um, yeah, it's a shame about the FA Cup. I mean, it was, it was almost like Wenger won it twice, did he? And then mm. it was almost like a stick to beat him with. Oh, it's only the FA Cup. Exactly. Yeah. I think Van Howe got sacked within a few hours of winning the FA Cup one year, didn't he? At Man United. Yeah. So. It has been sad to see what's happened to, to the FA Cup because I'm the same as you. I grew up watching them with the TV cameras in the team hotel from nine in the morning and, hmm. you know, the comedians of the time doing sketches around it all and the cup final song has kind of died out. But when was the last great FA Cup final? The, the Gerard West Ham Cup yeah. final, was that 2006? The hmm. Wigan upset against Man City was kind of memorable, but I'd really struggle to kind of reel off if you went to me 2012 FA Cup final, they just don't stick in the mind anymore, do they? No. Uh, and on the subject of, of bonuses and structures, boys, we probably need to have a little chat about the, the pod bonus structure because um, I'm afraid there's, there's been a little, you know, financial issues behind the scenes. E EFL obviously coming in and, and causing issues with the footage we've been putting out. So we might have to have a little financial restructure, boys. I hope because obviously you do this for love, don't you? Not for the money. So um, what, what's half of nothing? Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Boys, let's. Shall we try? Um, I mean, Stu, you said there, whatever town side goes out on Saturday, um, you think they'll win easily. Shall we try and have a little little prediction? I know it's not anywhere near like predicting a league game because we've got no idea what side are going to play. But um, would that be your prediction? A, a, a handy town win on Saturday? Yeah, I, d I don't know about. Like, they could blow them away, but I, mm. I feel reluctant to sit here and be too too cocky and confident about it. But I'm. <clears throat> I think it will just be comfortable progress. That's, okay, that's how I feel at the moment. Comfortable progress. Are you as optimistic, Rossi? Just don't want to replay. So just win, boys, <laughs> or lose. Either way, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't lose, but yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it'll be a nice, good performance. You know, a couple of goals, happy days. Next round, hopefully, we get a good draw. Nowhere too far. Uh, and then, yeah, third round, let's get there. Let's get Norwich, third round. Um, uh, you know, as I say, I'd, 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 I know it's not going to happen, but I'd love him to stick with the, the majority of the team that just whooped Wickham uh, and beat Oldham 14-0 on Saturday. 
Um, that would build momentum, wouldn't it? That'd be tremendous. Um, boys, any other business? Um, well, I'll tell you what we haven't talked about for a while as, as a means of an outro. I know people enjoy us reviewing TV stuff. What are you watching TV-wise at the moment? I, my friends, am watching something which I can't really stop watching on Channel 4, um, which is which is called Extraordinary Extensions. Um, think Grand Designs, but you'll never guess who presents it. You may have seen who presents it but can you can you guess so it's basically a design show about these extravagant extensions to homes it's kind of this very um uh, what's the word ambitious show um you you look at and think god it'd be lovely to have something like that one day very unlikely presenter though who who would who would you who would you think would be funding a show like that uh dion dublin yeah well it's kind of on that on that kind of kind of left wing Jermaine genus Again, again, is it sports related. It's not sports related. No, is it music it's, related? It's music related. Yeah, a young um, musician, a current who, artist. Yeah, you would never ever think. I tell you what, um, that show, extraordinary extensions, will get this guy into front it. I'll tell you anyway, because otherwise we're going forever. Extraordinary extensions with tiny temper. <laughs> <laughs> I think TV shows now. I, I think they literally do, they put names of celebrities in one hat. They do like a subject, like DIY or yeah, in another, and then they just they just pluck a couple out, mash them together. That's I'd be it. Up for it. I, I tell you what, though, Tiny is a really good presenter, and also I think the link is because he made millions when he was very young. I think he was twenty one when um, that first album came out, and he was he was everywhere. Um, he then started investing in property, so he's got he's got a proper property empire now as a kind of guy who's in his early thirties. He's the Robbie uh, Fowler of music. Yeah, and he's surprisingly um, knowledgeable about building stuff and and what materials use and how he you know architects and that kind of stuff. So there you go. That's my tip. Extraordinary extensions with tiny temper. Again, some words that I never thought I'd be saying along with Wes Burns twerking after a goal. We were also talking boys pre pod in the green room about Squid Games. Um, which I think we all enjoyed, didn't we? Yeah, loved yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we're all texting each other about that, weren't we? I know there was a lot of hype, and I always fear when I come to these things quite late, which I generally do, they won't live up to it. But I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. I thought the Marbles episode was a masterpiece. It was poetic, almost sort of Shakespearean esque. I know mm. not everyone's sort of too keen on on the ending, but uh, if you haven't watched it, you got to give that one. And it is important to say, if you haven't watched it, don't watch it with the terrible American dubbing. Watch it with the original yeah. audio and subtitles. Uh, Rossi, have you got anything to throw into the TV pot that you've been enjoying? Oh, it's more of a film, actually. It's a Netflix film, The Forgotten Battle, which oh, is um, okay. a, war film. a war film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I watched that in Plymouth, um, you know, during my little chilled, chilled zone time, just watching that. And I felt, I don't know why I decided to watch a war film, but I do love my... World War Two stuff, um, and yeah, it's a battle of um, basically Antwerp and you know and Holland and stuff. And you got what I liked about it: you had German-speaking people, then Dutch-speaking people, and of course English and American and Canadian. Mm. Um, and once again, you can dub it if you want, but don't just yeah. just don't just let let the the language speak for itself. There it changes the whole kind of atmosphere and feel and context of a, yeah. of a show or film, doesn't it? I think if you have dubbing over it, if it's recorded in a particular language, you want it to have that original soundtrack. Otherwise, it loses some. Anyway, I, I can talk about this for a while. So there you go. Um, extraordinary extensions with Tiny Temper, Squid Games, and what is it called? The Forgotten Battle. Yeah. There you go, friends. There's some TV recommendations. Can I return to a, a couple of subjects that we've had today that I've thought about 
Series. Yes. <laughs> Goal celebrations. Can somebody please bring back the Ravinelli? When oh, the person yeah. Selena ran off twirling the shirt above the head, I'm all for that. But you don't see just the shirt over the top of the head anymore, just running around. That was a classic of the playground. Um, in terms of names, we talked about uh, Nick Mashita being uh, uh, from Wolves, which reminded me of Tim Nash, who used to be the Wolves reporter for the Express and Star. Hmm. I think he's now freelance. Mick McCarthy re- always called him Shitman because he'd worked out that an anagram of Tim Nash was Shitman. Um, and I, I was very fearful for a while that Mick McCarthy might work out that if you put my name side by side with no gap in the middle, it does spell the word twat in the middle of Stuart Watson. So thankfully Mick did not pick up on that and I, and I was safe. There you um, go. And so, on that uh, note, no other business. <laughs> there you go. KO there's something you might want to remember about Stuart Watson when you disagree with something he's written. Um, also, on the football manager note, apparently Brian Clough, in my opinion, the greatest manager who's ever lived, obviously. Um, he used to refer to the local journalist who covered um, him for a long time. There's a great book, actually, um, Provided You Don't Kiss Me, I think it's called, about the relationship between the journalist and, and Brian Clough. He used to call him Shithouse. That was his affectionate term for him. What are you doing is shit house. You're banned. You used to ban him like three or four times a season. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a book recommendation as well, friends. What more could you want? You've got TV, you've got books, you've got silly names, you've got the fact that Watson's a twat. Um, and we've talked about oh. town <laughs> and we've talked about town beating Wickham 4-1 and lifting off ahead of this this weekend's FA Cup game. No other business from you, Stu, you've already said. Rossi, have you got any other business? Up the town. Up the town. Come on, you blues. Um, so just a reminder, please, to support our sponsors, uh, manscaped.com. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery of all that excellent stuff. I may invest in a few more pairs of boxes, actually, while I'm thinking out loud. Um, and also follow us across all social medias, Kings of Anglia at YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And leave us a five-star review on iTunes as well, because that helps us with the visibility in the iTunes charts. just means more people can find us. I am out off for a week or so. So I leave you in the capable hands of the boys uh, next week, who will be back on Monday to talk about everything coming out of the FA Cup game. Have a great weekend. If you are going to the game, fingers crossed. Um, he does stick with the team and town win, as I say, 14-0. Whatever happens, we'll be back on Monday. So have a great one and we'll see you again next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to football, more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
podcast from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.